What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vane Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Heller. Today, we are talking to Hunter Hogan, and we are rolling through uh, archery shoots like 3D shoots, tournament shoots, how you can be better at indoor for your local 3D range, or if you're out at TAC or you do any of those fun uh, fun shoots this summer, and how you can just like get better overall at, at archery flat off. Um, but really, like, you know, archery is kind of one of those things, or bow hunting, I should say, is one of those things that so many of us uh, do, but we never really jump into tournaments. We never really jump into the archery, like, uh, circuit or anything like that. There's a lot of us may maybe dabble in one or two and then bail out or whatever. And uh, I'm I'm personally, like, really curious as to how it all works and how you can make money, how you win money, how you get sponsors, and how how the circuit works and how you qualify for certain tournaments and, and the rules and all that kind of stuff. I'm actually pretty curious about that. Um, but then I also want to relate it back to everybody here that that's listening and, and how all of us can get better, uh, just in our, in our everyday 3d shoots, shooting in the backyard, things like that. So, um, with that Hunter, do you want to, yeah, let's just let you introduce yourself real quick and then we can kind of jump into it. Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Hunter Hogan. I'm from central Missouri, 24 years old, uh, and spend most of my time either tournament shooting or bow hunting. So um, it's kind of what I do mainly and uh, do some blue collar work as well. So um, yeah, that's pretty much my life is bow hunting and tournament shooting. So that's what it consists of. <laughs> Perfect. All right, good. So, we, so, I, so I chose the right guy for this conversation. Well, let's hope you so. Know, yeah, I was, I had called Levi Morgan, but he, he, you know, I was just way too busy for him. So he couldn't pop on, today, <laughs> you know, for sure. <laughs> I think he's uh, doing something first light right now. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I bet. And, and, and Hunter, Hunter is part of the, what are you, the bull life team, right? The Levi, like <laughs> Levi Morgan's team and whatnot. That's why I made that joke. Clearly, I do not have a, a Levi's cell phone number or anything like that. Um, <laughs> But I would also like to say today, everybody, that we are today, I think I'm going to start, I, uh, I drink bourbon while I'm on the podcast. Like that is, that's kind of what I do. And I have, I don't know, like nine different bottles over here that I've drank throughout the episodes of these podcasts. And today I am drinking Driftless Glen bourbon, which is out of Baraboo, Wisconsin. Um, Hunter, you can see this nice, nice fancy bottle here. Um, and it's actually pretty good. I'm about, I'm about done with it. It's 50% alcohol, which I like, which means that, you know, it's certainly out of Wisconsin. It's none of that 30% stuff. So, and it's pretty good. I like it a lot. They have a bunch of different ones up there, but this is just their standard straight bourbon whiskey. If you're at the store, I would certainly go get it. It is definitely a step up from like, you're definitely Jack Daniels, but higher than even higher than like a, a maker's mark or a Woodford reserve or a crown Royal. Like it's, it's the next that's, I, I think it's better than those. So just a quick, uh, quick review on my, on my bourbon drinking. <laughs> Before we get Joe Rogan right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I will smoke the occasional weed, but I do not have the, the palate that he does <laughs> for, for that. That does, that does not happen. Uh, 
Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I'm. I I feel like I genetically like when it, if it comes to weed, like my family and and myself personally, like genetically predispositioned to be a total airhead when I smoke. And that's why it's only like something I'll do on a weekend getaway with the boys or something like that. Cause literally just like total, like not a whole lot going on upstairs for a few hours. <laughs> yeah. And so I can't like, like I have, yeah, I've, you know, you, everybody has those friends that kind of like smoke every day and that like, no, like I can't do that. Like I would forget I had kids, you know, like just total airhead. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the archery world actually extremely strict on that stuff as far as uh alcohol and and weed and stuff like that oh yeah i bet great transition appreciate that so rolling yeah. into that what is that uh so you're on the you're on like a circuit right now right well not necessarily like a circuit but like give me the lay of the land so when it comes to archery shoots like obviously you have like 3d shoots you have like backyard shoots whatever and then you have the actual like sanctioned professional shoots and is that the, they're sanctioned by the asa is that right our tree or that's one of the associations yeah okay so like they, they're sanctioned by a by a, a group an association and then from there like those yeah just i guess break it down for me because that that's where i that's where i stop knowing anything so uh, a few different types of trees. There's uh, different associations that have different circuits that you can shoot. So ASA is and IBO are the two D circuits in the U.S. Um, and so those two will have their own schedule of sanctioned shoots that you can go to and compete um, for that tournament and during the year. And then there's more of like the target side um which is kind of separate from 3d so it'll be like uh um nfaa usa archery world archery um that kind of stuff those associations that you can shoot um outdoor and indoor um like paper target tournaments gotcha okay yeah, we're having a, I'm having a little bit of audio quality. Do you want to flip off your video? Yeah. Free up, free up the connection See. a bit. I click stop video. Does that, yeah. is that good? Yep. So that works. That works a lot better. So awesome. I like, I like the video having it on. Cause then I can see like your facial expressions and whatnot, but yeah. in certain scenarios like this, like it just, it'll, bring over cleaner quality audio okay for sure all right can we can we redo what you just said yeah okay sure. so i'll ask because because that whole the whole thing was kind of like choppy i guess i got yeah. what you're saying but it was, it was a little choppy so okay. i'm just gonna clap my hands and that'll give me a, a notification that that's where we're at so yeah hunter give me the give me the lay of the land uh of the whole ASA, IBO, like who all is out there and who sanctions what and what type of, of tournaments? Yeah, man, there's a, there's several different associations that have their own like schedule of sanctioned tournaments. So um, there's a few different styles of, of shooting. And honestly, usually an archer will have a certain style they stick to. Some of them do several different types, just kind of depends on, 
what your skill set is. So there's ASA and IBO. That's like the 3D side of things. They have, you know, known and unknown um, 3D shoots that are outdoor. They have their own schedule of shoots throughout the summer, spring and summer. And so you can compete for like shooter of the year and or just go to one specific tournament and compete in those. Um, out, uh, you know, more of like what we call the target archery side. So there's like um, National Field Archery Association, NFAA. Um, there's World Archery. Um, and there's a few different associations that have their schedule that people honestly from all over the world will compete in more so. So like uh, you can go for like the world archery team or if you shoot recurve, you can try out for the Olympic team, travel all over the world and you shoot more of like paper target type stuff. So indoor and outdoor, um, usually paper targets. And um, yeah, that's kind of a circuit of its own, if you will. Okay. Gotcha. So is there, do you do one circuit over the other? Like, what do you do? Um, I mainly do uh, the ASA circuit, okay. um, which is the most popular 3D circuit. Um, a lot of shooters compete in it. They have, I think, six shoots a year. Um, and then their classic is in uh, the end of August. And then I also do indoor shoots. So I'll go to a few different indoor competitions each year. Like there's one in Des Moines, Iowa, one in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then obviously one in Las Vegas, which is the biggest shoot of the world we just had this past weekend. So um, that has like the highest participation list um, of any shoot of any association. So. Gotcha. And is that all under one association or are all those Uh, different? Like is Lancaster different than Vegas, different than Des Moines? Okay. Yes. Um, those are each different ones, um, but they're all the same style of shooting. So they're like 20 yards indoor shooting. Um, you know, you're shooting um, either a five spot target or the three spot Vegas target. So. Okay. And the five spot, just for clarification is, is the target that has five, like five smaller targets on each piece of paper, right? Correct. And the three yeah. spot is so just that know. straight vertical yeah usually um so the usually the three spot will be like the um yellow center and then the five spot is like a blue and white center gotcha okay so then do you have to like qualify to go to any of those or do you just pay your fee and you're in um no you pretty much pay your fee and you're in um every all those associations um well most of them you just you can go and um, pay a membership, pay your entry fee, compete in a class that that fits your skill level um, and go to those shoots. Now, there's some of them like uh, we had OPA for a while, which was Organization of Professional Archers. That started out as invitation only for people who had a pro card. And then it opened up to amateur shooters later on. And then like your world archery stuff, you have to make like a, the team for your country to compete at some of those around the world, if you will. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then how do you get like, what's the process in getting a pro card? Like, what does that mean? Um, It's a little different for each association. So um, ASA, you can, there's like 
five different classes that you can work your way up through. So you can start in like um, either the known or unknown side. So you could start in Bo Novice. And then if you want to follow the line of known classes, there's known 40, then known 45, then known 50, which is semi-pro and then known pro. And then on the unknown side, um, you have open A, B, and C, um, which are three different levels of like classes that you guess your yardage and then you shoot your arrow. And then there's um, open pro, which is the pro class for the unknown. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And known, known versus unknown. I do know that one, like known, you can use your range finder on every target unknown. You got to take a guess. Like you got to be good at it. Yeah, pretty much. So it's, those are crazy different on the skill level of the game, you know, like um, unknown, you've got to be really good at both. You know, you have to, you have to be able to guess your, your range really well. You have to have good course management as far as like, knowing when to shoot safe, um, when to like aim more center of the target or get aggressive and shoot for like that lower 12. And, um, you know, if you, if you're not sure on your judgment number, on your yardage, kind of splitting the difference and, and stuff like that, there's, there's a lot of different tactics to not giving up a lot of score while still trying to gain a good score, if you will. Sure. Okay. So with that, um, I want to divide this conversation up into like the, the paper target versus 3d. Yeah. Just so we're not like jumping back and forth. Cause that, that would hurt my brain in itself. Yeah. Um, sure. all right. So, okay. So, um, so a ASA and IBO are, are outdoor, the 3d stuff and all the other ones that you mentioned were all the indoor spot targets, right? Five spot, three spot. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay, so you guys just shot the, the Vegas shoot and you pay your fee and you're in. And then for, um, in order to in order to get, well, there was that one, that OPA that you said where you had to get a pro card, but then they opened it up. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you know, if I wanted to go shoot, you know, Vegas next year, I could just pay my, pay my entry fee and I'm in and I can give yes, it sir. a go. Okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. That's in, I thought there was like a, a qualification process to do that but i guess the qualification is you got to be willing to take the time and pay the money and hope yeah. that you're not just like throwing it down the drain yeah for sure um because right. you're going and competing against every best archer in the world at that point so yeah um, i mean if you want to come compete you can come compete um and there's there's some people that do for fun or to feel the nerves or or to you know just experience the shooting stuff so yeah uh, yeah, there's no qualification or anything for, for those shoots. You just, um, you know, you pay your entry and you choose the class you want to compete in and you go from there. Okay. So then um, with that, like, what does it take, I guess, you know, in an average shoot, like in Des Moines, like you're, you're scooting up to Des Moines, Iowa, what does it take to like do really well there? And, and how many times are you shooting your arrow? Cause I always see like posts on like 20 X's or 32 X's or, you know, whatever. And I, I, I don't really know. I know X's are bullseyes, but I don't know like how many you need to get or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll kind of break down our last three shoots and kind of the scores that were shot there. So um, your Vegas target is a yellow face. It has a 10 ring. 
Um, I think it's about the size of a half dollar, if I'm not mistaken. And then the X ring is about the size of a nickel. Um, and so pretty small target and you're shooting at 20 yards. And then the five spot, the, um, you've got, you shoot five arrows at a time for 12 ends. So you shoot a total of 60 arrows on the three spot. You shoot a total of 30 arrows. And so, um, like the Iowa shoot, um, you shoot five spot the first day and then three spot the second day and your X's count for score on both of them. So, um, the first day for five spot, there was several people that shot a perfect 60 X on that round. And then, um, day two on the three spot. So your, your X is a lot smaller. There's two people that shot 29 out of 30 X's, um, that had shot 60 X's a day before. And I think seven people that had shot 28 out of 30 X's. So, um, almost perfect scores. And, uh, yeah, so like you have to you have to shoot really close to perfect, if not perfect. There's there's a young star that just won Vegas. His name's Bodie Turner. He just turned 15 years old. And at the Lancaster shoot where we're shooting the three spot, you shoot 60 arrows for score on that. And he shot a perfect 60X in qualification at 14 years old. Um in that and he's Isn't only that, the uh, is that Joel Turner's kid? It is. Yes. Okay. Um, so he's only the third person in the world to ever do that in a competition. Um, and then he turns right <laughs> around the next weekend and wins Vegas against guys that have been competing and winning pro class for years and years and years. So pretty crazy impressive on that side of things. Yeah, that's badass. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. And you wonder, like, you know, it's uh as I understand it, and, and we'll get into this, um, but the, the biggest thing isn't like, you know, any, a lot of people can go out to their local archery shop practice and be able to throw like their 60 X's. Now I shouldn't mm-hmm. say a lot of people, but you know, people who are in the hunt to, to win tournaments, like they can do it uh-huh. in their own, in their own house, but yeah. getting on that line and, and, and that's another thing just to, if you're like, I've watched some of these shoots, like on YouTube, barely like p- passingly over the years. And like, mm-hmm. you know, Vegas, there's like what a hundred guys lined up on the exact same line, all flinging arrows, like yeah. essentially at the same time. And everybody's just shooting away. Yep. At least that many. Yep. Yeah. And then you're, you're, so you're, so you're shoulder to shoulder with all these guys, everybody's shooting. Um, and, uh, and then as the field goes on, you know, it gets narrower and narrower and then you get your shoot offs and that's where like people win and lose essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How does that work? It's crazy because, you know, you're right. There's a lot of people that can, you know, sit there and shoot a 300 on a Vegas round or a 30 X or a 60 X on the five spot round, but you go and you go to a tournament and, um, you know, most people are familiar with like nerves or pressure or like, um, you know, being anxious or having adrenaline and all that stuff from, you know, maybe playing high school sports or public speaking or doing anything, you know, with a crowd of people or when there's a lot at stake, you know. And so the, the hard part with archery is, is as you're, as you're, um, 
you know, adrenaline is spiking or your heart rate's going up or your mind's racing and, and you're going into this, um, hyperactive mode in your mind, it is really hard to, to aim a bow perfectly, not shake at all and execute a shot the proper way that you always have and, and not mess up even once and, and all these qualification rounds, you know? So, you know, if you're playing basketball or football, it's okay to have a little adrenaline and, and, you know, you're running and sprinting and you're doing all these things. But with archery, it's like, you're trying to be really steady and aim a bow. And, you know, when you, when you have a lot of pressure on your mind or, you know, how much is at stake, it's, it's the closest thing, if not more so that I've experienced to like a, like a buck fever or having like a huge deer in front of you or huge elk bugling at you or, you know, whatever that is, that is the most intense moment in your life. It is, it is just like that on the line and you're trying to, you know, shoot a nickel at 20 yards every time. So it's pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, man. That's, you know, that's like the, like you kind of said, it's the, it's, it's in my opinion, it's probably pretty dang close to what it's like in I've never shot tournaments like that, but I've certainly been in nerve wracking scenarios either taken, you know, the last penalty kick in a soccer championship shooting free mm-hmm. throws in the last, you know, 10 seconds of a basketball game to win it, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, like that can get, you know, pretty darn nerve wracking. And, uh, or yeah, I mean, I've done speaking events where you go up there and I'm, you know, I'm speaking, I'm 30 years old and I'm speaking to all these 50, 60 year old experienced veterans, um, mm-hmm. in, in these fields that I'm talking about and selling to, and that can be really, really nerve wracking as well. You know, you get up there and you start shaking, which is some of the, the same type of symptoms of, of buck fever. So I can right. see how like getting up there and it's like, okay, you know, clear my mind, get my shit together, figure it out and, and, and squeeze the shot off, right. Get the shot off. And, yeah. uh, and that's gotta be pretty similar to, to that buck fever. But I mean, God, when you're sitting there and you're like, <laughs> You're sitting there, you're staring down the line and you're like, man, if I make this shot, like if you're Bodie Turner, you're like, if I make the shot, there's a hundred grand going into my bank account tomorrow. Like yeah. that is, that, you just can't even think about it. Right. Yeah. And you, you know, like, like here you have thousands of people watching you from behind. It's televised. Like you're in a spotlight. Everything goes silent when you draw your bow back. I mean, it's just, the intensity is insane. Yeah. Probably compare it to like professional golfers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So I've I've not golfed much, but that's probably a pretty good comparison on like you're uh, I'm sure you're like, you're going for a putt and the crowd goes silent. And you know, if you hit this year, PGA champion or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then the only thing that I always compare, like people ask me about archery and sometimes, and uh, I'm like, it's, it's kind of like golf in the sense that everything happens in half a second. You know, like with golf, it's your swing and it all happens in a half second. And with archery, it all happens even quicker than that. You know, you need to have everything needs to line up in that perfect timing. You know, your grip needs to be right. Your anchor needs to be right. Your peep needs to be right. You know, you can't have anything going wrong, any torque or anything like that. And you just got to have and your release has to be right. Like it's all these things that have to happen in the blink of an eye. 
in order to make this go right. And, and it's, that's, that's how I would compare it to like golf for my friends who don't hunt at all, but do play golf. Right. Um, Yeah. So, oh man, I can't believe that Bodie. I didn't know that, that Bodie won and I knew that he was doing really well because I follow Joel Turner. So, and if you don't know who Joel Turner is, Joel Turner runs a, uh, a camp. He, they, he, you can go listen to his resumes. He's on, um, I think, I mean, he was on the, I haven't even listened to it in a long time. It's the podcast when Aaron Snyder and Brian call were together. I forget what it's called at this point. Shoot. Um, what's that? The Kafaru cast. No, that's that. So that's Aaron's is Kafaru cast. And then I forget what someone out there is screaming at the radio right now going it's this, it's this. <laughs> and i yeah. just can't think of it ah why can't i think of brian calls freaking podcast i can't think of it right now anyway um they uh so they had joel on a few times and and joel is like a, a swat sniper education teacher he's worked with donnie vincent um he's worked with a lot of different a lot of different uh very high class people who, who need to make shots like that are life-saving shots for SWAT and snipers and things like that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is, and so, you know, he always says you have to be very intentional with the shot and don't release the shot unless it's a perfect shot. And to have his kid, like, I couldn't imagine growing up under that dad, you know, (laughs) shooting your bow, like, you know, um, but, uh, obviously it's paid off, paid off well for Bodie um yeah pretty insane right he i'm sure he's at the line going this is nothing compared to my dad screaming in my face <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I mean they seem like best friends and and you know his dad was crying and went and gave him a big hug after he won vegas and it was all smiles and stuff i i don't know as oh, far as awesome. how intense the training is or whatever but whatever they are doing it is working phenomenal right. Yeah. Cause I, well, I mean, I've heard some of the, some of the things like he'll like, he'll talk shit the whole time you're trying to shoot a shot at like 30 yards in the wind. He'll talk shit. He'll, he'll get like those clappers out that you get at like basketball NBA games and shit like that and bang them in your ear, he'll bang pots and pans, try to rattle your cage, you know, yeah. as much as you can to make you mess up the shot. And, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's part of that kid's training. I'm know? sure it is. You know what? Everybody was pretty excited to see, um a kid who turned 15 yesterday in the shoot for the big money and so literally the whole shoot off they went round after round after round to get down to the final two and every time he hit the crowd would just go crazy and he was just like steel it was crazy how how that's awesome and I can imagine how that just adds the adds to the intensity. Like all of a sudden you realize like everyone's cheering for you, you know, and you're like, oh, I got to make this shot. I got to make this yeah. next shot. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. okay. So that's, uh, so that's Vegas. It's a three spot. And, and after, so after you get out of like the initial round, you know, where, where everyone's on the line, everyone's shooting, then do they only take people that shoot sixties or I'm sorry, they're, they're three spots. So they only shoot people that take 30 X's and advance them to the next round or what's like a, the cutoff number. How does that work? 
Um, so at the Vegas shoot, when you're shooting the championship division, you'll, you'll compete for three days and you'll shoot three rounds for score. And so um, there will always be a substantial group of guys that shoot a perfect 900 at Vegas every year. So uh, you don't have to shoot like your X count doesn't doesn't matter as much at Vegas. It's just making sure you don't hit outside that 10 ring. And okay. so um, okay. if you shoot a 300 all three days and you make it to the shoot down at the end for the, you know, at the big show, as we call it. And then um, there's a lot of guys that, you know, will only drop one point through the whole three days. And so um, anybody who shoots at 899, will have their own shoot off prior to the big show and it'll be a one arrow inside out scoring um to see and and pretty much like and so like say you have 50 guys that shot in 899 all 50 of them will step up to the line shoot one arrow for a score and if somebody say like five people out of those 50 hitting inside out X. And so what that means is your arrow shaft is completely inside the line of the X. So it's not even touching the line anywhere. It's inside out. Those five people will advance to the next round and the other 45 are out until you, and you, you know, they keep shooting inside out until you get one person left that wins this inside out one arrow shoot off. And that person is the lucky dog that year. So what the lucky dog is, is they shot an 899 for the the three days, but they won that lucky dog shoot off. And so they get to advance to the big show, to the big shoot off. Okay. And so if they, and so they, they shoot off with the rest of them, just like they had, as if they shot a 900. And if they advance and, and win the whole shoot off, then they are the Vegas champion as the lucky dog. If they if they get knocked out at any round, they move back down to the top spot on the 899s, if that makes sense. Okay. So essentially it breaks into two categories. You have all the 900s and the 899s. The, yeah, pretty much. One and, 899 gets to go to the big show. Right. But then at, but then if that 899 loses in the big show, they drop down to the 899 class and and there's is there are you saying there's like still prize money and stuff in that 899 class um or do they just I, they just call I it think, an i don't i don't know on that i know it pays right. out several spots in vegas i don't know how far down it pays out and it probably depends on how many people shot a 900 that year you know if there's sure. if there's only five people that shot a 900 um you know maybe sixth place still pays pretty good but like this year, there's 22 people that shot a 900. So I don't, I don't know how far it okay. plays out in the tournament. No, that, that makes sense. So then if, uh, okay. So then do they take, do they only take like a certain amount past, um, past those first three days? So you said there, there were 22 that shot 900 and the, the lucky dog would be 23. So mm -hmm. then those 23 then what happens to them do they do they have shoot offs do they or shoot downs or do they shoot another 10 round or what do they what do they do nope they uh they go straight to the big show to the big shoot down and um you pretty much have all 23 archers line up on the line uh the announcer is speaking the cameras are rolling the crowds behind you the spotlights on you it's a big 
literally a big show of archery and they get to shoot one practice round of three arrows and then they go straight into the shoot off for score so the first round will be scored by tens and so if you shoot all three 10 or 10 or x um, you advance to the next round and then they go to x's and so um, anybody who shoots three x's um, advances anybody who misses one or misses more than one gets knocked out and so you keep doing that until you knock out more and more people till you get down to the final three final two you know sometimes it's the final six and only one guy hits three x's and all of a sudden he's a vegas champion oh okay got yeah. it i didn't i didn't know that i thought it was like they paired you up and you shot against someone and who regardless of your score or regardless of your X count, as long as you had the higher score, you moved on to the next round. So they did that in some tournament tournaments, but um, not at Vegas. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, everybody just keeps shooting, keep shooting X's until someone misses an X. Yep. Yep. Pretty right. much. Okay. Gotcha. So is that, I mean, you know, that could last hours, couldn't it? I mean, it probably um, does. not usually, I, you know, oh, okay. Some, I think they probably went, I don't know if they went five, six, or seven rounds um, at, at Vegas this year. Um, you know, there was 22, and then it probably went down to, like, 20, and then 15, and then eight. You know, each round, the, the stakes and pressure gets higher and higher, and it, it doesn't take much to just barely miss an X or, right. or have a big miss on an X. So, you know um, – whoever can execute the most perfect shots in a row ends up champion on that whole deal. Yeah. Oh Under man. That's wild. I've, my palms are sweating just thinking about sitting on standing on that line. Like I, I get, I certainly get like nerves and I think I honestly, I, I like it because when you don't get nerves, it means you're like, you're not living, you're not living in that moment in my opinion. Yeah. yeah I mean, everybody out there has insane nerves it's just learning to perform with those nerves learning how you know everybody handles them different but everybody has them and so some guys some guys never learn how to do it and some guys are really good at at performing with those nerves and and learning how to shoot through it you know mm -hmm. yeah I, I you know one thing I noticed like one year um you know, I always get for every time I shoot a deer, like I get, I get nerves, not, I shouldn't say every time, but most of the time, even if it's a doe and, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, and it's just middle of the season or whatever, I, I get nerves when, when I shoot it. Um, and there was one time where a bunch of does came in and I was not going to shoot them, um, at all. So like all my, none of my nerves were there and I was like, ah, I'm just gonna, I'm going to draw back and, uh, I'm going to practice putting the pin on them, yada, yada, yada. Just, you know, so I remember how to do this or whatever. It yeah. was like, I don't know, the fourth day of season. And I drew back and put my pin on her and she just stopped at like 15 yards and it was right in the boiler maker. And I was like, ah, you know what? Yeah, I'll shoot this dough. And I, and I tapped off the trigger and it went and, um, and I nailed her, you know, double long heart. She ran 30 yards, tipped over um phenomenal you know everything worked out great but the like 
the sense of like uh it's it's really weird but like the sense of like accomplishment you know where you get where you get like the buck fever and you're shaking you're like oh my god you know you're freaking yeah. out like that just like wasn't it wasn't there and it was very interesting to me like from my own perspective of like all right cool i shot a doe now i got a lot of work to do to haul it out of this piece of public you know um right. Like I wasn't like super jacked about it. And I like being super jacked about it and, and being super jacked about it comes with having the nerves and the potential to lose. Right. right. And the potential to miss. And I think that's, um, that's where like a, a lot of that excitement comes from. And it, and if you're just very calm, even keeled, even, even headed, um, you're, I mean, obviously I made a great shot and I would imagine most people make a great shot and I bet you Brody, you know, he has the ability to kind of make that happen within his body um, and, and calm those nerves down. I just should say Bodie, not Brody. And, mm -hmm. um, and he's able to, to just to do that and, and make it happen. And you wonder like what that, I, it's just an observation. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or anything like that, but it's just one of those observations that I had about myself personally when I was hunting and, and trying to control the nerves and control the buck fever. Um, and I did, and it was, it was great, but it wasn't like, I get more excited when I have nerves and I shoot a doe and I'm all jacked up about it. I don't know. It's one of those weird things. Yeah. Yeah. It's different, dude. It's, uh, you know, as target archers, you, you practice at home and you shoot great score after great score, after great score, after great score. And it's just becomes habit on shooting well. And so you, you know, we try to replicate nerves and you, you try to like imagine in your mind and, and come up with scenarios that might add pressure to your shot to see how you react. And there's just nothing you can do except go to these big tournaments and truly experience those things at stake. I mean, it'd be like trying to shoot a 3d target and saying, okay, I'm going to pretend this is a 200 inch deer, you know, under my skin. Like, <laughs> It's just not going to be the same. You know right. what I mean? No. Yeah. Yeah. This is a 200 inch deer that I've been trying to kill for the last, you know, 70 days. And yeah. I missed him last year. And I know if I miss him, the neighbors are probably going to be able to kill him because it's rifle season starts tomorrow. And yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I bet dude, there's so much, so much pressure that can go on there. Yeah, you um, try to imagine that in your backyard while you're practicing, and of course you're going <laughs> to shoot a perfect shot. But then, you know, the next day when the scenario actually happens, your legs are shaking, your mind is racing, like your palms are sweating, like mm -hmm. you're starting to. And and honestly, like a lot of a lot of times, your mind's starting to doubt, like, well, what if I do this wrong? What if I do that right. wrong? What if I do this wrong? And it's like, it's it's hard to deal with all those nerves and all those all that mind racing, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's a, I feel like at, at, at a point it becomes, you know, it's, it's not about your physical ability anymore. It's about, it's all about your mindset and what's going on in your head. Yeah, exactly. right? I, I'm sure. Yeah. For those guys who can shoot 900s at home or I'm sorry, 300s at home. Um, at that point, it's like, okay, I can do this physically. I can make this happen. It's just, how do I make it happen mentally? And that's a, that ties well, very well into bow hunting um okay so that's the that's the vegas shoot is there anything else that's so you i in the very beginning you mentioned like drug testing do you get drug tested when you walk in there um not when you walk in um you know the the podium when you when you win a pro tournament the podium immediately gets tested so 
um, they do tests and there's rules on all sorts of stuff. Like um, if you blow, like if you have any alcohol in your system at all, you're immediately disqualified. If you blow a 0.0001 or however that works, or if you do a blood test or, or a P test and, and they find, you know, um, THC in your system or um, anything, you know, beta blockers or, or whatever, anything like that, you're immediately disqualified and a lot of times banned from the association. Got it. Yeah. I yeah. can, uh, I mean, for me being airheaded when I, when I smoke weed, like that would be great to calm my nerves, right. Mm -hmm. And shoot through that. Um, so yeah. I can see why that would be a, certainly be a, 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 disqual a disqualification piece. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's such a mental game because there's so many of those, there's so many guys there that can, can shoot so well when, if, if they're not dealing with nerves or they're not dealing with the tournament and stuff like that. So any, anything to where you're having absence of mind is, is taking away from, mm -hmm. I'd say 95% of, of trying to perform at that tournament, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. I will tell you one night there is, there's one night, one of my buddies that I, uh, I don't know if, if he's listening to this, his name's Riley. Um, he is, he's pretty good at darts, like mm -hmm. throwing darts and I'm, I'm, I'm not bad at, at all either, but, uh, there was one night, man, we got into a dart tournament together. Uh, I was against him and we were shooting and we were drinking together and we were betting on the games and stuff like that. And we were probably both like four or five beers in at least. And we were rolling on them and, mm -hmm. um, you just like, I just got in a zone. And, uh, and I was, we played cricket and I closed out every, every dart I had was every round I had for sure closed out at least one number, if not closing out multiple numbers in a round. And, uh, mm -hmm. and he was he was doing really well too, but we, I mean, it was the best round of darts we have, we like we ever had, but man, just closing out and hitting triples on like everything. And you're just in the zone. And sometimes you get that way when you're when you're drinking, right. You're drinking, you're playing pool, you're playing darts. A lot of people can relate to that. I mean, in college you're drinking and you're playing beer pong. Um, and all of a sudden you get in the zone and you just can't miss. Like it's, I could easily see how that would really be effective and awful at the same time for archery. <laughs> right. Yeah. It'd be pretty devastating for somebody who's, uh, you, you know, shooting really well, handling the nerves sober and, and doing it the right way. And then somebody who, you know, is, I, I mean, basically cheating, not even, not even right. basically at that point in archery, like the rules are the rules. Like it is what it is. Like, and if you're, if you're outside those boundaries, like you're cheating your competition, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like here's the rules. You can't introduce, you know, these outside uh, influences into your body and you got to make it happen. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's all a part of it. Um, okay. So, um, what about like, are there any, are there any other like rules or things that occur that, that get people disqualified or anything like that? Like, uh, I mean, can you have too big of an arrow shaft? Can you have a wrong peep, a wrong type of sight or anything like that? Or is it all pretty open? it's it's pretty open on rules i mean there's a few things so like uh in unknown 3d um 
you know, the faster your arrow is shooting, the flatter the trajectory is, which in essence means like if you guess your yardage off, your arrow is going to only miss by say an inch instead of three inches. Yeah. Uh, so there's a speed cap on like unknown 3D that's strongly enforced. And so like, uh, you know, if your speed limit is is 290 plus or minus 3%. So in other words, that's what it is for ASA. So in other words, 298 is your limit. Um, they'll have all the shooters go through and shoot through a chronograph and, you know, after the tournament. So like if your bow chronographs at 300 feet per second instead of 298 you're going to be disqualified for that tournament so um that's kind of a, a common equipment rule that gets checked uh but that's not know, there's that's not in like you, vegas like you can shoot as fast as you want um yeah i don't think there's a speed limit in vegas there is a poundage limit like you can't shoot over 80 pounds um okay but, I don't think anybody's going to go shoot over 80 pounds. There's not really an advantage to that. So um, I think that's more or less to save their targets from pass-throughs and stuff, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Got to reuse those next year, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that'd be kind of crazy if somebody went and shot 80 pounds at an indoor tournament. But, yeah, there's not – as far as equipment and stuff goes, uh, there's – your largest diameter arrow you can use is, is 2764. So we just call them 27s. Um, most of the shooters will be shooting that size arrow. And I don't, I don't think there's any arrow companies that make anything bigger than that, because that's kind of the standard largest diameter that you're allowed to use. So, sure. uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's, it's pretty open as far as what you can use and, and that stuff. Okay. Gotcha. Um, all right, so let's leave. Yeah, I can't think of any other questions about about Vegas. Is there anything else that's interesting about it, or that you find unique when you go there? Um, Vegas in particular. I mean, it's just it's such a high pressure shoot. Everybody feels nerves there, and every, it's it's all about dealing with your nerves there. Just because the uh, the whole mentality is like, I can shoot a three hundred every day at home, but can I do it under nerves and and I know I can't miss if I want to have a chance at making the shoot down and stuff. So that's kind of the whole thing to conquer on that shoot. Got it. Yeah. I would, I would think that like, especially if you're standing next to a long time professional archer, like that would yeah. probably put even more pressure on you. Like <laughs> if you get up to the line and you, and you look to the right and you're like, Oh shit. Like I know this guy is very likely to shoot a 900. So yeah. I need to get my shit together. Versus if you walk up to the line and you, you see 15 year old Bodie, you're like, ah, all right, cool. I'm next to a kid. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then he shoots a perfect score and wins. <laughs> right. And you're like, holy shit, this kid's for real. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So indoor is, is strongly just a mental game because yeah. there's so many guys that can do it now, you know, outdoor and 3d, that's a whole different deal. There's, there's yeah, a lot let's of switch. Over, let's switch over to that. Let's go. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, um, personally I shoot the known class in 3d. So, uh, there's, you get to use a range finder, you know, the exact yardage of the target. Um, you get to set your sight exactly for that, but you know, you're shooting outside in the elements outdoors. So, um, you know, you could have lighting issues, um, which can cause you to have like 
um, different points of impact on, on lightning, like high or low. Uh, we've had shoots where it poured down rain on us. And so like having good quality equipment and, and knowing what your equipment does in, in a heavy rain and like how low are you going to hit and, you know, are your strings saturated? Can you see the target? Is your, is the lens in your peep sight or your sight going to get wet? And can you even make out like where you need to aim? And so there's a lot of factors as far as, you know, just straight up elements go on that. And then also like, you know, you're not just shooting 20 yards, you're shooting out to 50 yards now and you're shooting a really small bullseye out that far. And, and so, uh, and it's not, it's not like painted or anything. It's like, uh, you know how a 3D target is. It's just rings there. So you have to like pick out a spot to aim at, make sure that you remember that spot and that spot doesn't change. So like sometimes sunlight or like um, shadows from leaves and stuff is not always the best thing to do because something shifts just right. Well, maybe you just hit three inches off from what you originally thought it was. So there's a lot of factors that go into like a 3D tournament that you don't deal with indoors or even in just the target world you know yeah i think that's the most i've done a couple 3d shoots i think that's the most frustrating uh part that i hate about 3d shoots is i'll shoot like a double long heart shot and be like hell yeah that's a 12 ring and you get up there and you're like an eight what the yeah. fuck <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> what is this garbage um, right so, yeah, I mean, having good quality, high quality binos to be able to, to pick out those rings um, has been uh, obviously like that's that's very important. Um, OK, so you shoot the known you shoot the known class for the 3D in the outdoor, which, you know, a lot of people right now, I, I have a bunch of buddies who are doing 3D indoor shoots right at their local archery shop. They shoot every Wednesday night and they shoot however many arrows I've maybe 20 arrows a night and then they take yes. the score and all that um so and that's probably the very very similar but it's all you know no weather no wind you know no no lighting issues or anything like that you just get to pick you get to walk around with a beer and and have a good time right um so with that um in the in the outdoor in the outdoor class or the outdoor shoots um shots range from 15 to 50 yards what's is that like is that actually a limit or we or can they put them as far out as they want um so there is a limit and it kind of depends on the association so asa uh you may have one out to 52 yards they may push the max you know a little bit or 51 yards you know um, depending on what range finder you're using some of them differ a little bit from from one to the other but you know you may have one a little over the max now ibo i've i've heard of targets being out like 54 55 yards and and ibo is all unknown shooting so it's like you know you kind of have to like be with the program on that because if you're thinking oh well that target looks really far away and my max is 50 yards well if it's actually 54 yards you're gonna miss it by a bunch you know right uh, so yeah <laughs> You have to be on top of your game on that and truly, truly guess the target and and figure out what you're going to shoot it for on that. But uh, yeah, max is max is generally 50 yards, plus or minus a few, you know. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I just I didn't know if they could throw them out to 60 or 70. I did a, I did a shoot, 
why am I just like blanking on some names tonight? Um, Bowfest up near Duluth. Yeah. You heard. Yeah. So I did that shoot two years ago. Um, great time, fun time. And, um, two things about that, that shoot is the first one was that they did paint the 12 rings orange, which was really nice. So all the targets had, had orange 12 rings in them. But then the, um, the other thing was that like, I mean, there were a couple targets that were, I think the furthest one I shot at was 92. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember going into it, like I was, I was practicing like out to 70 with, for everything, you know, I was practicing out to 70 with the idea that everything was going to be 60 and under. And then they throw like a set, a 92 yarder and bison in there. And I'm like, "Ah, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Like just not miss is right. That's what I'm looking at here. Um, what, uh, for, um, and that was a really fun shoot. If anyone's ever looking to do bow fest, like that was actually a really good time. Uh, I did it. And actually I know the it's, it was 2020 because it was like June of COVID and like, no one was there, which was awesome. They were expecting like 6,000, 7,000 people. And there was like 1200. So right. like you know, Levi was there. Um, T-Bone was there. Got to tra- talk with Michael Waddell for a while. Uh, got to talk to a lot of different people that I'd never, you know, that you only see on TV. And it's literally because like no one else was there at the end of the day. Like there were like, I, like I said, there are 1200 people there in, in total, but at the end of the day, you know, there's like a hundred, 200 people sitting around having beers and you're sitting there standing next to Michael Waddell, T-Bone and, and Levi Morgan. And you're like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, you're just shooting the shit with them. How'd you right. shoot? Yada, yada, yada. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a really cool, it was a, it was a fun shoot. And that's, that's the one I did out to that distance. Um, what uh, are pretty much, is pretty much everyone shooting a, a one pin adjustable site for those shoots and you just pick your yardage and, and line it up and go. Yeah, pretty much for the, for the pro class. That's pretty much the standard thing is a, a single pin um, with a lens. Some people are not shooting a lens, but you know, generally you're going to shoot a small fiber, um, single pin adjustable site with a magnifier and usually a clarifier in your, in your peep site. So, um, that's, that's what most 3d shooters use. And, you know, that's, that's kind of to gain an advantage of like, uh, you know, you want to, can you explain what those are? Can you explain what a magnifier and a clarifier is? Yeah, so a magnifier is um, will go in the housing of your um, site. So like where your pin is, you know, the circular part is your housing. And so um, it'll be like a magnifying glass. Um, you know, they have several different powers, whether it's like two power, four power, six power, eight power, whatever. Um, pre- personal preference on that, on what you can, you know, use. And, and then there'll be a clarifier. So when you put a magnifier in your scope or in your housing, um, it's going to make your target really blurry. And so what we do to make up for that is you have a peep site that you can put um, a lens in that actually has like a negative power. Um, And what that'll do is like, 
you're you're still going to have a magnified target in your scope but that little bit of clarification of negative power in your peep site is going to clear up that target for you so um that's how that works to where you you're shooting when you draw back and look through your sight picture it's pretty much like looking through a rifle scope if you will so everything's zoomed in gotcha okay yeah that was one thing i never i never like knew existed until i don't know maybe like five six years ago and i was shooting at, a, at an indoor indoor place and this guy kept changing out his lenses and i was like what are you? i just kind of watched him for a little bit i was like what is he doing yeah. and then i realized that he had like lenses in his peep sight and a lens in his in his actual sight and i was like holy shit and and i just was like i didn't want to be that guy in the room and be the dummy so i just kind of listened to what he was talking to his buddies about and i just like creeped on the conversation and yeah. uh, he's talking about magnification and things like that and i was like oh that's got to be what that is okay yeah pretty crazy dude yeah yeah it is um Okay, so you're shooting the known, and is there always how many targets are there per? Like, how does how does the tournament lay out? Like when you go to a tournament, because I know like at Bowfest, I shot like regular 3D. There were four, four like quote unquote trails that you could take with 15 targets on each trail, and yeah. you you know you just keep your score or whatever yada 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 for fun. But I know that the guys that were actually shooting there, like I watched Levi shoot for a little bit. He was at, there's, it's a totally different setup than just like walking a 3D trail and shooting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was actually at that shoot that year um, and shot uh, the semi-pro class or the amateur class. Um, so okay. that was the OPA shoot that I was talking about. Um, and so Bowfest and OPA was like all combined into one deal. <clears throat> So, um, like we shot the OPA course and it was that shoot, it's a hundred yard max and you have a 12 ring that's painted orange and then a 14 ring that's painted pink. And so what a 14 ring is, is they'll stick this bonus ring out like at the very back corner of what would be like the lungs on the animal. And so, um, the reason it's worth 14 points is because it's a risk reward game. So you have to call the 14. So you put your 14 card down. So in other words, like you're signifying that you're shooting for the 14 instead of the 12. And so if you hit the 14, you get 14 points. So pretty much you just gain two more points than if you would have hit the 12, which is pretty big deal, you know. But if you miss that, you're either going to be a five or an eight because there's no like safe 10 ring for you to hit in if you miss it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, it makes it makes sense to me because I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, I think yeah. that makes sense to the listeners. Yeah, definitely. And so um, that course and then that course was extremely tough because we're shooting, you know, um, angles of like uphill downhill like crazy like we had some shots that were like over 80 yards and like 36 or 38 degrees downhill and uphill and so um you have to do cut charts for that you have to build your bow to where it holds good like uphill downhill um and so what cut charts are is like you know a lot of us will throw our rangefinder into like bow mode or you know um 
TBR true ballistic range. And so it just does your cut for you. So like if you're out of a tree stand, you know, maybe the deer is actually like 35 yards from you, but because you're 30, 20 or 30 foot in the air, or however high you get, you know, um, if you're shooting at a down angle, you may have to aim at that deer for like 28 yards instead of 32 yards because your arrow isn't going to drop as much whenever you're shooting downhill or uphill. And so that's like a huge factor in that shoot. And, and when you're shooting like tournaments and you're shooting a small scoring ring instead of just for a kill zone on an animal, like the exactness that you have to have for those cut charts is, is really intense. And so like your preparation for that kind of shoot out to hundred yards and out to like 40 degrees downhill is, is insane. As far as like, you have to, you know, go do all the math and trigonometry and like all the cut charts and stuff for, for your exact setup with how fast you're shooting, how much your arrow weighs and where it hits according to the math, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's a lot to that. Um, And then that year that you went, actually, I, I ended up making the shoot down for that and, and qualified in first and ended up third at that shoot. Um, shooting that year no shit i i had to have probably watched you because i was literally sitting inside the the uh because because the shoot down that year you were at the base of the mountain and 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 it's at this place called mondelac resort which is a a ski hill um yeah in the very northwest corner of wisconsin and 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 minnesota that's right where they all where they meet and um and and, and by ski resort, it's, it's nothing like what you're going to find out West. It's just pretty much just a giant hill, um, right. but it's a cool view. But, but the shoot down, I remember, cause you guys were all lined up and you're all shooting uphill at all these different targets, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was in the cabin talking with Michael Waddell watching the semi pro shoot down. It yeah. was, it was hilarious. Cause it was a, uh, it was a, so it was a surreal experience for me because I'm sitting at the table with all my buddies. We're have we got pictures of beer out. We're just sitting here shooting the shit, watching the shoot down from inside this this like resort. And all of a sudden, Michael Waddell walks by, and one of my buddies who's just like has no filter was like, Michael Waddell, what's up? And he just goes, <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going? He literally just grabs the chair that grabs the open chair and sits down, and we start chatting away. And I was like, What yeah. the hell is going on here? Right. Um, so, but that's awesome. That's awesome. You qualified for first and took third there. That's, that was cool. So, yeah. and as I remember looking at that, there were like, essentially, it seemed like, like cement rectangles on the ground and you guys would rotate on those, on those cement rectangles. Like they all had numbers, almost like a trap shoot and you would yep. move from one to the other and each one would correspond with a specific target. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So in other words, that shoot, they made sure that you had a level spot to like stand on, even if you're shooting way uphill or way downhill. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I, yeah. And that's how that, that was working. Um, and that's, that's how it worked throughout the entire tournament, right. Throughout the entire shoot. Yep. Yeah. It was. <laughs> okay. Cause that's how I remember seeing it. Like, like everybody had their own trails that they had to go on, but then there was like all the professional shooters or the semi-pro shooters, 
that were standing on these concrete blocks and they all their targets were like spread out. And I remember Sasquatch was one of them right at like 62 yards or something on that uphill. Um, yeah. Okay. I remember <laughs> thinking it was really far. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty far. That target is huge, so it makes it look a little closer. But he was a right. hundred yards on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that that was the that was the OPA um, in Montelac. Um, So as far as just like general, is there is there a circuit or a series for the 3D? Like you, I think you said at the beginning of the podcast, there's six that every that you tra- do you travel to all of them? Do you travel to some of them? Do you have to win? or place well in some of them to make it to a, a, the, the final round or whatever, how does that work? Yeah. So kind of switching gears for like ASA tournament, which is um, the most popular 3d circuit. And it's mainly based in the South um, as far as shoots go and, and location wise. And so they have, I think six shoots a year. And then um, the last shoot of the year is the classic. And so, it's open to anyone to shoot um to go to the classic though you have to i believe compete in at least three of the other national shoots or qualify at your like state qualifier to go to that shoot Mm -hmm. and so um you go to these shoots um you know and and one of the big prestigious things of it is shooter of the year and so um that's kind of one of the the overall goals for the years is winning shooter of the year and in whatever class you're in um you know especially pro class like those guys are you you get one drop score a year it's kind of like angler of the year and in fishing if you keep up with fishing you know so um same same sort of concept you uh you go to every shoot through the year you get one drop score so like if you don't make it to a shoot or you have one really bad weekend, you know, you get one drop score at the end of the year for shooter of the year. And so they take total points through the whole year and then they peer group the top four at the classic and those top four shoot together all weekend. And sometimes like I've seen it come down to the last target on like first and second, maybe even third on, on who wins shooter of the year even though you've shot 40 targets four score across six different shoots throughout the whole year at different locations. Sometimes it comes down to that close on that competition. Dang. And I, and I, I apologize if you said this earlier, it, is there a, a number of targets per shoot? Yeah. Um, so we'll shoot 40 targets for score. Okay. Um, you shoot 20 the first day and then 20 the second day. And then they take the top five shooters in each pro class. And those top five shooters will go into the shoot down, which is um, five to six targets um, where you take your 40 target qualification score, carry it over into the shoot down. And you shoot during that shoot down, the 14s are in play and whoever has the highest combined score at the end of the shoot down wins a tournament. Gotcha. Okay. So that's totally different than like Vegas where you're just shooting, you know, 14s and whoever doesn't hit loses, you know, yeah. it's out. right. Okay. 
Yeah, man, that's wild that uh, <laughs> that it comes down to it can come down to the last couple targets between guys. I do like how they how they pair up the best guys because a obviously no one's going to let anyone cheat or get away with anything there, um, no. <laughs> right? And and b um, it puts the nerves on again, right? You're shooting against the best, so this is it your does. competition. Yeah, and you know, as much as you try not to focus on it, you you pretty much keep track of where everybody is and know where everybody's at, like in comparison to yourself, especially if you're in the same group, like, Oh yeah. Pretty easy to know. Well, he's, he's ahead of me by two points or four points, or I've got a lead now. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, playing, playing your game and, and how aggressive or how safe you're going to shoot on that. As far as like, try, are you trying to win shooter of the year? Are you just trying to win this shoot? Are you trying to like, Ricky Bobby and if you're not first you're last you know I mean like what what's your game plan <laughs> it's always Ricky Bobby in it man I mean, yeah. is there another option <laughs> yeah I, I don't know the other option <laughs> <laughs> no no there's one there's one buddy I have his his name is Parker he's been on the podcast a few times um and he has he had he's really good at at calming his nerves and he's just kind of one of those guys who's who's quiet and methodical and takes his time. And it's hard to, it's kind of hard to rattle his cage and you never really know when you do. Um, And, uh, and he's always outshot me. Um, And last year was my first. So I went ahead and bought, uh, I bought 18 Reinhardt's 18 Reinhardt 3d targets last year. And, um, and I set up my own, my own shoot. Um, It was much easier than, than Bowfest. And we shot, I think the closest shot was 18 yards and the furthest shot was 55. And yeah. um, we went through there and, and for the first time ever, uh, I tied him. I, we each shot, um, I believe we shot a 156 or something like that. Yeah. So something in that range, it was, you know, 200 was a perfect score. I think, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember we shot, we each shot like 156 and um and then we went to a, to a shoot down and I, and I beat him in it. Um, it was one, one shot unknown closest to the center. Uh, yeah. it was kind of one of those, one of those feelings. I was like, Holy fuck. I actually beat him. Cause he's beat me. Like I, every <laughs> time we've shot for money, you know, I, this is the kid who taught me how to bow hunt. So since I was 12 years old, you know, he's beaten me in every shoot I've ever had. And it took me till I was 31 to finally beat him in a shoot. Um, <laughs> it's kind of one of those, yeah, it's one of those fun things where, I was at the shoot down and I definitely would have tested positive for alcohol in my system at that point. So that was (laughs) probably the the winning factor there. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It was really cool. And so I, I am going to have, we're going to have that shoot again this year. So if anyone's listening to this podcast, you're, you're on Wisconsin or you want to travel to Wisconsin. um, I'm going to open it up again. Uh, Last year it was for invite only just for, for friends and people I knew just because, um, I, it was the first year having it and I didn't want to invite a bunch of people and really screw it up. So, uh, this year we're going to have it again. It's going to be June 11th. Um, I think it'll be 40 bucks again to get in and that will include uh, a bunch of food and, and your shoot for the day. And, um, and then obviously a bunch of prizes. I, I think I, I lost money in prizes last year. So, <laughs> so there's a bunch of prizes given out a bunch of fun stuff. Um, so yeah, we're going to have that again, uh, again, June 11th, um, 
you can hit me up on Instagram if you want to go to that. But yeah, we'll I'll have a lot more coming out on that because um, I really enjoyed that last year and it'll be fun to do it again. I think I'll get a couple more targets this year because I gave one of the prizes was I gave one away, you know. Um, so that was like a random drawing for everybody who participated. You had, you had a chance to win one of those Reinhardts and take it home with you. So, um, yeah. So anything, what else, what else could, is there anything else that we want to talk about or cover in the, the 3d known or unknown that we didn't cover already? I know. So like Levi Morgan, he shoots, and we've talked about him a lot, but he shoots the unknown. And one of the things that I've heard is like, some days he'll walk away from a tournament in the unknown division with a higher score than the people in the known division. Yeah, man. Um, they, they do shoot at like a little different course. Like they're not shooting the exact same like course courses sure. that the known is, but it's, it's amazing. Like what some of those unknown shooters can do and like how accurate they are on their shooting and on guessing, you know, like, I mean, Levi and Dan McCarthy and Jack Wallace and, and, you know, a lot of these guys that are, have been doing it for years and stuff. And obviously they have a lot of experience, but it's just amazing how much, how good they are at something that is really like intuition or like, you know, guessing it's a guessing game at some degree yeah. and how consistent they can get at that and good at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's just wild. And, and the hard thing to think about really is it's not like walking out in your backyard on a flat piece of ground that you've hunted or you've shot your bow at all the time. You'd be like, Oh, that's 30 yards. It's walking into a totally new area that you really never been to before at an angle and and having to guess where all that is it's it's a lot like elk hunting out west like when you go out west you're like man i don't know is that is that 30 or 45 yards or is that like you know especially if you're getting out into the 50s it's like dude that could be 48 or could be 56 i i don't know right you know and that's yeah. where it really matters yeah it's it's pretty difficult and those guys spend a lot of time um judging yardage and and putting themselves in different elements to where they get good at stuff. And then uh, I've heard a lot of it too, is like, I've heard a lot of guys that are really good at that. Um, I, I'm no, I'm, I can hold my own on guessing yards, but I'm not even close to like probably even semi-pro level as far as judging stuff. But like, I've heard those guys will be like, Oh, I'm, I'm two yards hot today, or I'm, I'm two yards cold today. So I'm, I'm taking my numbers and I'm, adding two to it and that's how I'm going to play my game today and so a lot of it's course management and like figuring out what you're doing wrong or right that day and capitalizing on that you know so it's yeah. it's a it's a lot of intuition and it's a lot of figuring out what to do with with how everything's going that day like is it a sunny day is it a shady day um, are you shooting in Texas in the rain or are you shooting in Alabama where it's hot and humid and hundred degrees out? Like, am I guessing two yards off or is my equipment two inches low? You know, it's like, there's a lot of stuff to keep up with on that side oh, yeah. of it for sure. Yeah. That'll rattle the brain real quick. Is it you or is it your gear? Yeah, for you sure. Know, that's something that rattles me all the time. Every time I shoot a poor arrow, is that me or is that my gear? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's a huge part of like 
shooting top notch gear and stuff and and something that you know 3d will teach you as far as like uh you know you sometimes you use a piece of gear and it's like well that failed on me in this situation so like i know that for hunting or i know that for like going to the mountains and like knowing what things you can trust in and what things you have to check and and staying on top of of what's new in the in the gear world and I mean it's almost like mobile hunting and and keeping up with that like the more you know the the more you can use it to your advantage you know and and that's ultimately what what the equipment side of 3d is is like um you know what skill sets am I better at than most people and how do I use that to beat them in competition you know sure Uh, it's no longer like you versus a white-tailed deer that's just doing his thing it's you against another intelligent human that's trying just as hard as you are to to beat you at that competition you know mm-hmm. yeah that, yeah that brings another whole other element to it yeah. um so switching gears switching gears just uh oh switch uh i want to talk about your your personal gear like what uh what do you run like what bow what arrows what binos and I, obviously like you pick a lot of this for for a reason because you like it but i've every a, a ton of companies make great gear but just curious as to what you personally run for all that yeah are you talking about for like 3d competition yeah yep 3d which is i i feel like let's talk about 3d because that's what most of the listeners can can relate to shooting 3d okay uh yeah so for 3d i'm shooting a for a bow a matthews trx 40 um you're tall right yeah yeah so i'm i'm shooting the 40 i have a 31 and a half inch well 31 and five eighths but pretty much 31 and a half inch draw length um i'm shooting the trx 40 which means it's a 40 inch axle to axle um bow um shooting it at 72 pounds with 75% let off. Um, and then arrows, I'm shooting the gold tip X cutters, which is a 2564 series arrow. Um, and they're weighing about 450 grains and I'm shooting them at about 292 feet per second. Um, so that's what I'm using for bow and arrows for release. I use the true ball goat and the true ball ht so that's a, a back tension release and a thumb release from true ball okay um for sight i'm using um the excel um sight bar um and then excel 31 millimeter housing uh with a 10 thousandths green pin and a downrange optics lens um i shoot a six power lens and then a clarifier in my peep um shooting a hamsky peep um which those are those are pretty awesome a lot of people don't know this but the hamsky peep site has a a deal to where it has like these pretty much stair-stepped partitions on the back side of the peep site and so what that does is it like allows light to reflect inside the peep and it like brightens up for you so like i'm sure as a bow hunter you've experienced like when it starts getting low light or like you're in 
the deep woods and it's starting to get dark or sunset and you draw your bow back and you can't see through your peep, you know, um, the Hamsky peep is, is huge for that. Um, cause those partitions like allow light to, to travel through the peep site. And so that's really important for like target archery. Like, uh, I mean, being able to, to have a clear sight picture and see what you're aiming at, you know, if you're standing in the sunlight, and the target is, and there's a shoot like this in the ASA, the London, Kentucky ASA, like we're shooting down this power line cut where you're standing in the bright sun in the summertime. And this target is in these deep, thick woods in the shade. And like, sometimes you can barely make out where the target is, much less pick a spot out on it and shoot it. So having a really clear sight picture and, uh, you know, good lens and and good peep sight and all that stuff is extremely important for for shooting 3d got it yeah yeah that would make a lot of sense and that and i've been there without without recognizing what you're saying but that's why like you see photos of of guys shooting the 3d shoots with an umbrella right because they're just trying to block out the sun yep you get an idea what's going on i uh I wish I had an umbrella for a hunt this year. I, I shot a mule deer. <laughs> <laughs> I shot a mule deer, um, pretty long range. And, and I had, I had the sun directly in my eyes and, and I had a stocking cap or beanie or whatever you call it on instead of a hat. So I had no hat bill. And then this deer is bedded in the shade. Um, and so like I draw back and I like look through my peep and I'm like, where's the deer at, you know? And it, Oh man. It pretty, it made it pretty difficult. It was definitely probably the hardest shot I've ever taken. And luckily it worked out, but, uh, it was, it was a hard shot with the sun in your eyes like that, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. I bet it was this. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're looking at a black, like a totally dark spot out, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. What, um, Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the, the info on that. And that's, that's interesting that just the stuff that you run, I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody. Um, Cause some of those, you know, Hamski, like it's not, it's not like a name that like true ball is or, or true fire or, you know, um, for whatever reason, I'm like spot hog or right. um, Like, it's not like a super, super popular, but it is with like, high-end archers like hamski is like you know if you want really high quality rest or really high quality like really high quality components like hamski produces a lot of that yeah yeah and man that that just relates back to like uh you know if you get into these 3d shoots or i i'd encourage anyone who's even into bow hunting to at least go to like one national asa shoot or something because like not only can you like choose a class to go improve your shooting and, and deal with nerves and all that, but like all the different sponsors and companies and stuff are set up in booths. And so like you can walk around and talk, talk directly to the representative of that company. And he's going to like, tell you about their product, tell you the advantages, tell you the technology. And there's so much that has came out in the last just five years in archery that can be such a huge advantage for, you know, target shooting and or hunting and stuff. And so keeping up with all that stuff is, is huge in my opinion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I know that's how I got introduced to, 
uh, ultra view. Mm-hmm. Like those guys were, were at that bow fest shoot and I had no idea who they were. And, you know, it was funny cause I actually shot. Um, so I, I got to, I got to meet those guys and talk to those guys. And that's, that's why I shoot like an ultra view hinge right now. Um, mm-hmm. but the other thing is like, I was, we were out there, it was me and me and my three buddies. And one of them, like I said, he doesn't have much of a filter. So we get in line for the first trail and he, he pops, he just sits down and he goes, well, I guess it's beer time. And he just cracks beer and he starts playing <laughs> country music and, and getting after it. Like right away, he's like, I'm ready to go. I'm not here for a score. I'm here for a good time. And, yeah. uh, and behind us, there's this guy, you know, dressed in a Jersey and he's got a bow, he's got a super high end bow and everything. And yeah. I was like, huh? Like I, I was looking at him like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And eventually, like even before the first uh, arrow was shot, he's like, hey, guys, do you guys mind if I join you? Like I'm by myself. I'm just shooting the shit. You guys seem like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah. And it was, um, I forget his name now, but he's the owner of uh, or the GM of AAE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in that. He was in the semi-pro class that year, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that would, would have been off the top of my head. Yeah. But I, and I, and I forget his name, but it was, uh, it was, it was just cool because then at that point, like you're talking to a guy who, who, who's the GM of, of archery, I forget archery, it's AAE. I forget what it is. Yeah. Arizona, archery. Arizona archery. Yep. Um, and so they have a ton of equipment and you're, you know, like the whole time just chatting to him about like, what's going on in the industry and what he's seeing, what he likes and, and having a good time and just BSing with him about random stuff that you never get the opportunity otherwise, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool, dude. I, I, I certainly agree. Go check all that stuff out. Um, all right. Last thing before, before we wrap this up is um, like, if you could give a, if you could give a few pieces, pieces of advice to, uh, to people that are shooting 3d and aren't, aren't shooting as well as, uh, as they want to, what are a few like really common errors or common mistakes that, that people make that can really help them out? Do you have, yeah, I, I know it's all situational and, and person by person, but yeah. do you know of any like pretty common ones that, that can really dramatically affect negatively affect, um, someone's shooting? Yeah, man. Um, definitely the most common one and i've i've yet to meet somebody who hasn't dealt with it is is target panic and so there's several different versions of it but you know pretty much your uh um at some point your mind starts anticipating your shot before it goes off and so um you see guys that come in and shoot at the bow shop or or you see at tournaments and stuff and they're struggling and, 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 you know, maybe their form of target panic is they can't get their pin on their target. Cause as soon as they're, they do their subconscious slams a trigger, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, you're jerking your, your index trigger or, or you're, uh, not executing your shot properly, or you jerk before, before the bow goes off. And, and all it is, is your mind pretty much trying to, anticipate what's getting ready to happen instead of just letting it happen and so you have to train yourself out of target panic um at some point and so that's a that's a hard thing to overcome and some people never do overcome it and um sometimes it gets really bad to where people like 
actually freak out whenever they're at full draw trying to shoot their bow, you know, and we've all seen it like guys slamming the trigger or, or doing whatever. So um, figuring out how to work through target panic and, and truly executing your shot without punching the trigger and, and truly aiming is, is huge. And so <clears throat> there's several ways to like work on that as far as um, something we call blank bailing. So like, um, you like get up really close to a target, maybe two yards away from it to where you're not going to miss it. You draw back, close your eyes, anchor up and just squeeze the trigger. And so like, that's taking your eyes out of the situation to where you're not like thinking about when your pin is on the target. All right, hurry up and shoot it. You know what I mean? Right. And so, um, that's, that's like a good exercise. Um, sometimes just drawing back aiming with your pin and not firing the shot and then letting down um, is a good exercise to like come out of that. And the, so there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I, I think the only way to truly defeat it and to, um, you know, if you really want to make yourself better as an archer is to pick up a back tension and learn how to use it properly. And it seems like nobody truly knows how to aim correctly unless they shoot a back tension for a while and learn what like a surprise shot is and then you're able to focus on holding your pin as steady as possible while your shot pretty much takes care of itself once you train yourself to a certain point so yeah i'd say that's probably the number one thing that levi levi morgan has a a whole video um deal called bow life boot camp on youtube so if somebody's wanting to like really get in depth on that and figure out what they can do to help their target panic and stuff it, that's a good series to watch and and figure out how to defeat that so that's probably the most common thing that i see people that's holding them back from shooting well and that stuff magnifies when you're under pressure and you're you're trying to like shoot a big deer or your target deer and your nerves are high or whatever. And I've heard of people that like draw their bow back and not even look through their peep and slam the trigger. And they don't know why they miss the deer by three foot, but they realize that they freaked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I will, I will second the back tension that, like I said, this year, this last year was the first year that I ever tied my buddy and I was shooting a back tension for the first time yeah um last year was my first time trying it and and yeah it's a you know it's the thing that sucks about a back tension is that it's like you know the ultra view is 250 bucks or whatever it was um Mm -hmm. at that point you're just like all right it's it's expensive whatever i'm either doing this or i'm not because every every good back tension is expensive um so that's yeah you're you're looking at a, a, a significant price tag but at the same time like what is it worth to you if, if you can't freaking hold your pin on the target? Um, right. And I think, I think that's, that is, that is really, it is really handy. And it's, and it goes back to like our initial conversation on just, it's, it's literally a mental problem. Like it's all in your head for yeah. what the, what the problem is. And, and you got to get inside your own head. And that's again, back to Joel Turner shot IQ and, and Bodie. Um, you know, that's what, that's one of the things they, they teach is just mental control and mental fortitude. Um, 
which has a, a very significant impact on a lot of other aspects of your life, not just bow hunting, being able to be like mentally strong in a lot of situations. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy because like a lot of times it's your, it's your subconscious and, and trying to train your subconscious because people are like, well, I'm not trying to jerk the trigger. I don't know why I'm freaking out because like consciously they're, they're trying to like not do that, but mm-hmm. their body has automatically trained, you know, it's like, right. it's like, it's like throwing a baseball, you know, like if I'm going to throw from me to you and I'm not going to sit there and be like, ah, I think that's like 62 yards. So I'm going to throw it this hard. You know, I just, I just look and throw the ball and like your subconscious tells you like how far to, how hard to throw it and how accurate to throw it, to get it to where it's supposed to go. And so, you know, same sort of deal as far as like, there's a lot of it that is subconscious related and, and trying to train that side of yourself to, to execute the shot correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will also say just to, to that point, one of the things that really helped me was, um, and I had target panic for a long time. Um, I mean, we're talking like years, like it was like, I would hold off to the right or whatever and and pull it onto the target and then pull the trigger kind of in one motion so that I could hit, you know, hit center. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the things that really helped me was actually shooting at, um, a target without any rings. So just like flat, a flat target that helped a lot because then you, you're not like getting a pin inside a circle. You're just getting a pin to the middle of the target. I think this was a Levi Morgan trick, which was, yeah, just getting your pin to the middle of the target. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to hit the middle and there's no other circles on that, just get your, put your pin in the middle and, and then pull the trigger. And you're not like, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a mental game. And, and so for me, like that doing that on like a, a flat Reinhardt target was what I was doing. And then I switched to, um, I have a, a Reinhardt, uh, like buck that I use as well. Um, and you know, like, kind of, like you said, it's hard to see the rings a lot of the times. So you're not like, you're not aiming, you're just aiming for where you would shoot a deer in general, mm-hmm. you know, that double long or top heart, whatever position. And that without the rings on that deer, like uh, significantly outlined in like, you know, uh, a way that you can really easily see it at 30 yards. It's, it's difficult to see it. So you're able to just, you know, put your pin there and pull the trigger and, and, and it gives you confidence too, because then you look at that when you hit them in the lungs, uh, that target in the lungs, you're like, all right, well, I guess I can do this and building that confidence back up to know that, you put that pin on that spot on that deer, which is what really counts for a lot of us, not necessarily yeah. hitting the center of a, of a, of a paper target. Um, that's, that's what builds the confidence. And then you can get over that mental hump and, and start doing that on other targets. But, you know, really we're all just hoping to hit that lungs. And if you can do that regularly, um, obviously it's going to be a big benefit and you can yeah. get past everything else. Yeah. And then, you know, once you, once you accomplish that, then you can kind of add on that, like aiming smaller and stuff. Cause I, I think, uh, you know, especially shooting, um, more effective distance for like deer and stuff, like picking out a specific spot on that deer to aim for, and not just being like, Oh, well, my pins in the kill zone, I'm gonna send it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
really make you a lot more effective as a bow hunter. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, all right. Well, awesome, dude. You know, we're at like an hour and a half or so or something like that. Um, for everybody listening. Um, well, first of all, Hunter, thank you for being on. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time tonight, man. Um, for anybody listening, you have any questions you want to talk about, uh, any sort of bow issues you're having target panic you're having or anything like that, you know, send them in, send them in to me, or you can find Hunter, um, Hunter, you want to throw up your, your Instagram? Yeah, it's a uh, bow life Hogan. Okay. Got it. So it's bow life underscore Hogan. I'll put it in the show notes, uh, down below. So yeah, check him out, you know, talk to Hunter about it, but you can also throw it my way and we can, I can throw it on a podcast. If you think it's something a lot of people deal with, I know there's a few topics that, that we didn't necessarily get to today that I wanted to cover, but, um, the same time that gives us, gives us room for next time. So yeah, yeah, certainly send those questions in. I can find people if it's, if Hunter doesn't have the time, if he's at a shoot, winning, uh, winning, winning a tournament, you know, I, we won't bother him but uh, I'll find somebody else who's a decent shot and we can talk about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually pretty open on the Instagram messages and stuff. So if somebody wants questions, be happy to help and get to it as soon as I could, you know? All right. Awesome. Yeah. That's super helpful. Um, and, and, and I know on Instagram, a lot of people don't answer DMS and whatnot. So great to hear that, that you will and reach back out to those people. So yeah, that's where we're at. Um, Thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. You guys enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. Helps a lot of other people find me. Please go check out Hunter. Besides the archery stuff, he's got a bunch of great deer in his profile. He's a big big buck killer. Um, Hopefully we can talk again tomorrow or next year, Hunter, uh, on another giant that you shoot in the first week of season. That'd be great. (laughs) that'd be great i've definitely taken a lot of i'm going to re-listen to our podcast um this summer make sure i take in everything the biggest thing i took from you was was glass 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 so um 90 scout (laughs) right yeah exactly so all right well yeah thank you man for being on really appreciate it and thank you everybody uh for listening catch you next time